brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform, Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in Her Space. I have kind of procrastinated like a lot of us do. Mm -hmm. I initially started grad school and was saying, okay, I'm not going to be on internship working on my dissertation. I let life happen. I procrastinated. And I ended up on internship working on my dissertation. So at that point, I knew I have no choice but to get this done. I have a similar experience, Tom. It was my first year in school, and it was chaotic. Like, family life was crazy. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Today's topic is time management. Our quote of the day, most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is important. That quote came to us from Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. And I'll say that quote one more time for us. Most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is important. You ready to dive in, T? I'm ready to dive in. Now, what does that quote mean to you? I just want to know. That quote really speaks to really looking at and understanding how do we allocate our time. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us tend to allocate our time on, like he's saying, like the urgent things, right? And not enough time on the things that are important to us which then ends up leading us feeling stressed. I look at that as urgent is I have a test tomorrow that I have to study for. 
important could mean I have a hobby that really adds value to my life, that really adds meaning to my life, but I'm not spending any time on it. So I have no fulfillment in life. Mm, that's good. That's good. Honestly, I'm going to be upfront. So when you first shared the quote, I was like, wait, what does this mean? And then I thought about it. And as you began to share your thoughts, it makes me think about how sometimes in life we can be reactive instead of proactive, right? So instead of like taking a step back and planning out your life and figuring out, okay, what's important to me? What do I want to make time for? What do I want to sort of optimize for? It's like, you're just you're just so, so busy kind of focusing on the things that are being thrown at you instead of kind of strategically mapping out the life that you want and the to-dos that you want to focus on. So that's kind of what it means to me now that I think about it. Yeah. So good quote. And I like that, it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense that we really spend time on the things that get thrown at us. And I feel like sometimes time management can be hard because many of us don't learn that in school. And so it's like, we are, we have all these things on our table, right? We have all these things on our plate. We have all these different hats that we wear in life. And it's like, no one is really teaching us how to actually go about doing it successfully, right? Sometimes we have to like figure it out on our own or it's through trial and error. And you're like, oh, I need to focus on, you know, working out more. But then you forget to do other things because it's like, I don't know how to manage all my time. So I want to know, Don, where did you learn how to manage time? And like, what experiences have taught (laughs) your face? <laughs> if you could see my face right now, I'm Girl. making a face because I am still learning how mm-hmm. to manage my time, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this topic in to our space to discuss it because I'm still trying to figure it out. And so I started doing a little digging and I think about the work that I do with students and how. There were times when I really was successful at my time management, but I don't know if I was being, look, thinking about this quote, I don't know if I was being more reactionary or really valuing my time. Now, I, I ended up being successful at what I was trying to do. The example that readily comes to mind for me is when I was working on my d- dissertation mm-hmm. and I was also on internships. I was working just my first time working a full time nine to five Mm -hmm. and I had to get research done. So literally, I remember like I had my day mapped out from the moment I woke up in the morning to the moment I would go to sleep at night. I had it mapped out. I knew that I would wake up at I think it was waking up at like six in the morning. Mm -hmm. I knew that it took me. 20 minutes to shower and brush my teeth and all those things in the morning, grab my breakfast. I knew how long it took me to commute to get from, from walking, literally walking out my door to walking into my office door. Then I didn't necessarily bother with the details of what I was doing in the office, but more so, okay, I know that I'm leaving the office at five o'clock. It takes me X amount of time to get home in the evening. I would map out my meals for the week. So I knew exactly what I was having for dinner. I knew that I needed just a little bit of a break. And so at that time, I used to love watching Young and the Restless. (laughs) And they did a repeat on one of the cable networks at 7 o'clock in the evening. So I was eating dinner and watching Young and the Restless. That was my break. 
by eight o'clock, I was writing. I was knee deep in the research. Sometimes I would stay up till 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., getting the research done. And then I knew that I needed to give myself a little bit of time, give my brain a break to kind of separate from working hard to now I need to like decompress and relax so that I could fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Rinse and repeat Monday mm-hmm. through Friday until I got that dissertation completed. Yeah. Question for you. When did you actually map out your day? Like you said, you had your day mapped out from the time you woke up until the time you went to sleep. When did you plan for your day? So usually what I would do is I would map out my day like the week before. Mm -hmm. And what made me come to this process was realizing, okay, wait, I have kind of procrastinated like a lot of us do Mm -hmm. I initially started grad school and was saying okay I'm not gonna be on internship working on my dissertation I let life happen I procrastinated and I ended up on internship working on my dissertation so at that point I knew I have no choice but to get this done I'm I know that I'm my goal is to graduate on time And so if I'm going to graduate on time, here are my deadlines. Let me work backwards from Mm -hmm. my deadlines to figure out, okay, how much time do I need to devote to getting this task completed? Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. And I honestly, I have a similar experience, Tom. And I think that you made a really good point when you talked about planning backwards. So when I was in, let me see, I was an undergrad and I had just started college. It was my first year in school. And it was chaotic. Like family life was crazy. I'm not going to dive into all the details now, but I was up in up at school by myself for the first time living away from home. And I had all this freedom. I was 17 years old in college. I had all this freedom. I had this, you know, these, the schedule and I had to study and I had all the stuff I had to do. And I found out very quickly that if I did not plan out my day in my life, I would probably fail out of school because I didn't have anyone there. My mom and dad weren't there to wake me up and Tell me to get ready for class. I had friends helping me out because I was still a little young. But when I finally did figure out how to, you know, build out this schedule that worked for me, it was a game changer. And so what I did, I used to plan Sundays was like Sundays were like my my day. So I would plan out the week on Sunday, figure out, okay, what are my goals for the next week? And then map out each day. And I love to use Google Calendar. So I would put like little time slots. Okay, I'm gonna focus on this on Monday, I'm gonna focus on this. Tuesday and then so on and so forth throughout the whole week. And so I think that helped. But also at the end of the week, I would check in with myself to see what progress did I make. So literally, even to this day, I've been doing this for about 10 years. Twice a week, I'm checking in on my to-do list. I check it in the beginning of the week or Sunday night for me. And then the next Sunday, I process the week that I had and plan for the next week. And It's so much better in my eyes to plan before the week starts because literally if I don't plan out my day and my week and Monday gets here, I feel like, lady, I don't play sports, but I feel like we can all kind of relate to this analogy Uh here. So I feel like I'm a a basketball player and I'm like out on the court and I'm mapping out my game plan as I'm out on the court. Does that make any sense? Like That makes sense that... That doesn't make exactly, sense. Exactly, right, right? right? So it's like you playing ball, you all dressed up for the game, you all on the court, and you're like, all right, let's map out our strategy. Nah, player, it's too late. Like, you need right. to do that before you step out in the game. And for me, Monday is like game on, game is starting. And so if I don't map it out before, I feel like I'm going crazy. 
And then once you take, once you're on halftime mm. or the game is over, you step back and you look back at your plays and you figure out what needs to be done differently. Exactly. Just trying to keep up with the basketball. Right, analogy, right, right. You no, know, no, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Yes. It, it, I mean, it's true. So I'd love to talk about, I know you did some research. I'd love to talk about some tips and tools on how we can manage our time better because I think we're all a work in progress. Like, I don't think we're ever going to get it perfect. I feel like there are some times in life where I'm doing really well in one area and then I'm struggling in the other. I'm going to be very transparent. Right now, I've been super busy with like networking, building my personal brand, doing stuff for work that I kind of put exercising on the back burner. So I'm, I plan to get back into it next week just because that's what works best for me to start on a fresh week. Um, but I think sometimes we have to give ourselves some grace and be kind with ourselves if we are not being perfect in every area. And I think that, that that's so true in terms of saying being kind to yourself and mm-hmm. recognizing that every week is going to look different. You know, going back to my story of when I was working on my dissertation, that worked well for me working on my dissertation Mm -hmm. but then when the dissertation was over and I was trying to apply that to real life being that tight with my schedule being that structured and inflexible was not feasible for me right and so and but there are points in life where I do go back to that where I'm like okay I know that I have a lot of things on my plate and I need to be pretty structured with my schedule, but I've learned how to make it a little bit more flexible. And I like what you said about starting your week, looking at everything on your to-do list, and then at the end of the week, going back to assess and see, okay, what did I not accomplish this mm-hmm. week that maybe needs to roll over to next week? But then also thinking about what went well mm-hmm. this week that... I probably should apply to other weeks moving forward. Absolutely. And that reminds me of, I actually have a goal mapping workbook and we can add a link to that in the show notes too. A goal mapping workbook for free and also the self-reflection journal. And I have literally used this for 10 years. And one other thing, maybe you made me think of this, that I remembered is that celebrating your successes, like oftentimes, especially me, because I, I, I don't know if you like me, lady, but I literally, I'll accomplish a goal and then it's like, Okay, cool. On to the next one. And it's like you don't even give you don't even give yourself time to celebrate you and kind of sit in that success and what you've accomplished, you know? You've got to give yourself a few moments and you know, one of the things that makes that so important is that when you step back and you give yourself a little bit of time to acknowledge your success, that helps build up your confidence. Yes. It really really does. Spot on. So I want to move us into kind of talking about some of these tips. So in doing a little bit of research, and we'll put these in the show notes, there was an article that I found that I thought was really helpful. And it was done in 2015 from Business Insider. And it gave us 13 tips that successful women who make more than $100,000 a year kind of live by. Looking over those 13 tips, I recognize that you're looking at women who have high-powered jobs, and so some of these tips might not be applicable to most of us. But I pulled out the ones that I thought were going to be the most helpful to those of us in her space. 
All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. So you ready to dive in? Let's do it. All right. So when I looked at those, one of the most important ones, and Terry, you kind of mentioned this one already, is making time for exercise. Mm. You have to make time. That's a method of self-care. That's a method of addressing your health. If you make time for exercise, then that sets you up for feeling good. And exercise doesn't have to mean that you're spending thousands of dollars on a personal trainer or that you're spending three hours in the gym a day. It could literally mean getting up 
on your lunch break and taking a 10 minute, 15, 20 minute walk. It could mean five minutes before you go to bed, you do 20 sit-ups, but you make time to get some type of physical activity in throughout your, uh, throughout your week. Another one, toughest task for early in the morning. I don't know about you. Yeah. I struggle in the morning. Me too. I'm not a morning person. I struggle. <laughs> but one of the things that I have found is that particularly on the weekends, mm-hmm. I set my alarm for 7 a.m. every Saturday and Sunday. Okay. I don't always wake <laughs> up, but that alarm is set, right? And my message on that alarm says, get up and be productive. Yes. When I get up early on the weekends and I'm up and I'm out of the house before 9 a.m., I feel so much more productive because it's quiet in the morning. Oh, my goodness. That's so true. That Sunday morning, 10 a.m., grocery shopping. Birds chirping. Right. Mm -hmm. You get up and... That grocery shopping is done because the grocery store is empty at 9 a.m. Yes, on a Sunday. Is. I'm going to tell you now. Ain't nobody it's messing around with that. Mm-mm. Because most people are either sleeping in exactly. or they're in some type of worship service. Yep. So I get up and I can get it done. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not saying I do it every weekend. But when you get up and you tackle the tough task in the morning, yep. it sets you up for a more productive day. I would agree. And I honestly do that throughout the week sometimes too. Like I'll get up early maybe three times a week because I can't do every day now. I might do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, wake up at like 6, 6.30, knock off some tasks before work. And then by the end of the night when I get home from work, I don't feel the pressure to, oh, I got to get this done because you already did it in the morning. So yes, you are spot on with that one, Dom. I like it. I think for me, kind of combining the two that we've talked about already, exercise is tough for me. So physical activity is tough for me. So I do it first thing in the morning. I get up and three days a week, I'm at the gym for a 6 a.m. class. So I get that knocked out first thing in the morning and I have the rest of my day to do other things, Mm -hmm. to tackle the other things on my to-do list. Good stuff. All right. So the next one, take real breaks. Take a real break. That doesn't mean take a social media break. (laughs) So when you say, okay, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes to break from this task to move to the next one. That means literally stopping and having some quiet time. 15 minutes on social media keeps your brain activated Mm -hmm. and it keeps you from really trying to decompress. So take a real break. Do nothing. And that includes, I do want to know, I'm definitely guilty of this. And so I want to say that includes a lunch break. I know I'm so good for working Mm. right through my lunch break or bringing my food to my desk and knocking out work. But I notice that when I take real breaks, I'm just able to, I just feel better because you really, you work better when you, there's this method of working. I forget the name. What is it? I'll have to add it. We'll have to add it in the show notes. I can't remember it right now. It starts with a P, but there's this method of working where you take periodic breaks as mm-hmm. you work and it makes you more 
productive. And so right. we really do have to give ourselves real breaks. It's so important. And I think that's that's true. Like one of the things that I tell students when it comes to studying is that you give yourself no more than two hours of straight studying. And then you get up and you take a break. And that break requires that you get up and you remove yourself from that current location. You remove yourself from that environment. And then you have a real break. It's called the actual Pomodoro technique. And I'm sure that I am probably pronouncing that wrong, but mm -hmm. forgive me. That's the one. <laughs> we don't always get we don't always get our words perfect. Exactly. <laughs> but we will include that in our show notes and we will also include a lot more information on the actual we'll include a link to the actual article so mm -hmm. that you will have access to all of these tips as well. That's right. So what's next, Dom? So the next task or tip on our list is to take advantage of unexpected moments. Terry, you want to tell us what that I means do. to you? I do. Yes, I do. I was waiting for this though. <laughs> this is such a good one because I th I think there are so many, if you think about the unexpected moments of like free time you have throughout the day, just think about what they might be for you. You might be standing in the grocery store line. I know that's me sometimes. You can read an audio book in that line. I go to this one store around the corner and it is always so packed. So you can catch up on emails. Call family members when you're driving. If you have a long drive, I love to call friends and talk mm -hmm. to them. Just catch up with people that I don't normally get a chance to talk to because I'm driving anyway. I can drive and put my you know, headset on or Bluetooth or whatever you use and talk to them. The bathroom yes, as well. Waiting in the doctor's office. I mean, so many different places where you can either catch up on emails, meditate, um, I mean, you can do so much in that time, you know? You really can, you know? For me as a therapist, one of the things that we, that I've talked about with colleagues that we used to, in graduate school, we used to call it found time. <laughs> so that's when a meeting gets canceled or a client doesn't show up or a client cancels at the last minute. And so now you have this hour of found time. So what do you do with it? And all of those things you mentioned. Sometimes when you're in a work setting, that might mean, oh, there was some work that I'm behind on or some work that I want to get ahead in. Mm -hmm. Let me take this time, this found time and use it to my advantage. You know, it would be dope too. Like if you're planning out your day or your week, sort of plan for unexpected moments. So yes. if you, let's say if you're planning out your Monday, you're like, all right, cool. If I get some unexpected or found time, right, I want to focus on reading this ebook that I've been working on. That way, when you get the time, you're not like, oh, damn, what am I going to do with this time? You already kind of have a backup plan in place. I know I'm like a over planner, as you can probably tell. So that's why that kind of came to me. No, but that's a great tip. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That is a great <laughs> tip. So our next one is to plan ahead, which kind of fits right in with mm -hmm. what you just said. Yep. You know, you plan ahead for that found time. But planning ahead also means being able to look at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So if you know that, let's say that you're trying to take a vacation and it's January and you know that you want to take a vacation in November, 
Well, that means that planning ahead means looking at, okay, what's on my work calendar? How does my work year usually flow? Do I need to make plans to tackle certain tasks by the end of October so that in November I'm not overburdened? Or does that mean that I need to look at how I'm saving each month so that I can afford to really go big on this vacation in November? So you plan ahead for all of these things that might come up. You plan ahead for the unexpected things that might come up that could prevent you from being able to accomplish that goal. And girl, you just made me think of a good one. Okay, now get ready. This is a pro tip right now. So the one thing I noticed about myself is that I'm always that person at work where we have, you know, Labor Day, just random Mondays off throughout the year. And I'm always that person that the Friday before everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm off on Monday. And I'm like, oh damn, I forgot to take off because I don't plan ahead when it comes to vacation and looking at my calendar. Now let me tell you what I'm going to do this year in 2019. So I've already looked at the calendar and I've looked at the days that we're going to have those long weekends. So my behind can take off on that Friday and have a longer weekend and request off before anyone else does. Okay. Okay. Yes. There you go. Pro tip. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) All right. So our final. No, I'm sorry. We have two more tips. So our next tip is don't watch much TV. And I know for a lot of us, that is hard (laughs) with cable networks having, I think, over 200 channels now. There's something on TV 24-7 for every interest. Every interest. Netflix, and Netflix has been changing the game, y'all. Yes, they have. Netflix has so much original programming that is way better than most things that are on regular TV. Oh, yeah. How do you keep up with all of it? (laughs) Well, according to our business insider, you don't. You don't. The people who are making the most out of their time management and are the most successful aren't watching a lot of television. Mm. And if they do watch TV, they are very strategic in what they're watching and when they watch it. And you know what? I used to be one of those people that watched a lot of TV, but I'm just literally so busy lately. I don't have time. We don't have cable, number one. And the only reason I think we have a TV is because my husband watches the game and he he watches shows. But I personally, I don't watch a lot of TV. I like podcasts. And so when it comes, dang, I was just going to say something. I totally, it totally left me down. No worries. It's all good. I, you know, I remember when I was in high school, my English teacher told us that she didn't watch TV. And I remember in high school thinking to myself, that's strange. She's She's weird. weird. Exactly. She's, that's crazy to watch, to not have TV. She's missing out on the world. But I guarantee you she was getting a lot accomplished Mm -hmm. and she knew a lot about things that the rest of us were completely unaware of because she wasn't watching TV. I remember what I was going to say, Don. That's a good point. But yes, I get so much done because I don't watch TV. And what I was going to say is sometimes 
I feel like certain TV shows I definitely do make time for. Like Dear White People on Netflix, that's for show. But sometimes there are shows where you may catch the highlights. Like I catch the highlights of some some shows because it's a good conversation starter. So when I'm talking to someone else, if I'm traveling or at a conference, we can always talk about the show because I've heard the highlights from someone else. So I think sometimes TV can be great to like bridge the gap or connect with people, but that doesn't mean that you have to actually watch every episode and be, you know, in the know of of what's going on with the show. Right. So at a minimum, just being aware that that show exists and Mm -hmm. what the show might be about. Yeah. You know, I think there are a lot of shows out there that are what they call cult favorites Mm -hmm. that I've never watched and I'm okay with that. But I've heard of it. And so I can speak enough on it to I can acknowledge that. Oh, yeah, I heard that that was a good show. So our last tip. Multitask the right way. And we've kind of talked about it a little bit through some of our other tips, but I want to kind of dive in a little bit more on this one. So multitasking the right way. All of us say, oh, I'm great at multitasking. But really? Are you really good at it? No, (laughs) no, we are not. I know I'm guilty of walking somewhere and I have my cell phone on and like I'm reading text messages, replying to text messages. And thankfully, I haven't done this yet, but I've seen people do it where they trip and fall or they run into something because they're on their phone trying to multitask. Multitasking the right way looks like you have kids and you know that you have a busy schedule and you want to spend time with your kids, but you also know that you haven't had a chance to exercise this week. So you take your kids on a walk to the park. So now you're exercising and you're getting in that quality family time. Terry, the example you gave a few moments ago was you're in the car and maybe you're taking a long road trip or maybe you're like most of us and you have a long commute. So to make the most out of your commute, you're on your Bluetooth or your hands free because we don't advertise or we don't condone texting and driving. We don't condone holding your phone up to your ear. So if you're safely able to do it, Having those conversations, catching up with friends and family while you're driving can be an effective way to multitask. Yeah, that's right. And I know for me, we're all busy women, right? So what I usually try to do as well is like organize people that are like-minded to come together so we can all hang out. So if I can't hang out with everyone individually that I want to hang out with, we just meet with a group of people that I know will probably mesh together and you know, kill two birds with one stone that way. Networking and socializing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. These were some good tips, Dom. Thank you so much for getting our life with these awesome time management tips. I do want to say that time management is definitely a process. We are, again, we are all a work in progress. And so we have to be gentle with ourselves as we try to map out our time and manage it wisely. And I think it's all... I think accountability is really important too. We didn't really touch on that, but I think accountability is important. So being able to touch base with people 
that are going to hold you accountable to the goals that you have. And I think it's all about, like you said, being proactive and planning ahead. Yes. Because, you know, they say if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. Well, lady, thank you for joining us today. And just a quick review, our seven tips in no particular order. Number one, toughest task for early in the morning. Number two, take real breaks. Number three, plan ahead. Number four, make time for exercise. Number five, don't watch much TV. Number six, multitask the right way. And number seven, take advantage of unexpected moments. So Dom, next week, I have got to share with you this goal mapping system that has allowed me to really up-level my goals and achieve most of the goals that have really contributed to my career growth. So I'll share those tips with you next time. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am not defined by where I come from or what happened to me. I get to create my own destiny. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, lady. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.